is your host, Rashid Mahdi. Assalamu alaikum, this is your host, Rashid Mahdi, and today, inshallah, we will have uh, Sheikh Imam Saad Slawi all the way from St. Petersburg. He's calling the show, and inshallah, he's going to be doing the show, inshallah. Uh, so he, while, while waiting for his, uh, you know, call, you know, we invite our guests to call us at uh, 646-668-2394. So that number again is 646-668-2394. So... Uh, We are, uh, while we are waiting for his uh, call, inshallah, so we're having some technical difficulty. Alhamdulillah, wa shukrulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa allahu akbar. Alhamdulillah, nahmiduhu hamdan kathiran, yadiqu bi jalalih. This is your weekly radio program, Islam for Mankind. And inshallah, uh, we're waiting for the call. Inshallah. Jazakumullahu khairan. For those who just join us, this is Rashid Mahdi, your, your co host, and uh, Imam Satya, we will be calling shortly, inshallah. So, uh, Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, we are honored to have with us Imam Sadslawi, Sheikh Sadslawi, who took his time from his visit schedule and is calling us all the way from St. Petersburg. How is the weather there, inshallah, Imam? It's pretty nice, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, how is everything in Orlando? Orlando, you know, it's hot and alhamdulillah, it's good, it's good, no complaint. It's just getting the traffic is getting busier and busier. Alhamdulillah, nothing to complain about. May Allah help you with that, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. What have you chosen for us for today's topic? Well, I would like to speak about the understanding and the Islamic perspective of What's a good life? Al-Hayat al-Tayyibah. That's great. So uh, why don't we go ahead and proceed. For those who don't join us, they can call live 646-668-2394. That number again is 646-668-2394. This is your weekly uh, radio program, Islam for Mankind. And we are honored to have with us uh, Sheikh Tatlawi. Go ahead, Sheikh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah. Ahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu. Wa na'udhu billahi tabaraka wa ta'ala min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. Ma yahdihi allahu ta'ala fala mudillalah wa ma yudlil fala hadiyalah. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika lah. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan 
I stand in amazement. I stand in amazement when I look at the situation of our messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And every affair and every situation of our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam calls for amazement. He says to Ibn Abbas to protect Allah. In the hadith that is known to most Muslims, and Ibn Abbas himself is the one that tells us the story. The hadith was collected by a Tirmidhi. Rawat Tirmidhi and Ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhuma, qala, kuntu khalfa al-Nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, faqala li ya gulam, inni u'allimuka kalimatin, ihfadillaha yahfadk, ihfadillaha tajidhu tujahak. إذا سألت فاسأل الله وإذا استعنت فاستعن بالله وعلم أن الأمة لو اجتمعت على أن ينفعوك بشيء لن ينفعوك إلا بشيء قد كتبه الله وإن اجتمعوا على أن يضروك بشيء لن لم يضروك إلا بشيء قد كتبه الله عليك رفعت الأقلام وجفت الصحف. This hadith, this tremendous hadith was collected by Tirmidhi on the authority of Ibn Abbas himself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them. He said, one day I was riding behind the Prophet, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And he said to me, young boy, I will instruct you in some matters. I will give you some advice. I will teach you some things. Be watchful of Allah. And when you look at the translate from Arabic, meaning protect. And we wonder, does Allah need protection? But what it means is, be watchful of Allah's commandments. And He will preserve you. Safeguard His rights. And He will, he will ever be there for you. He will ever be with you or there for you. If you beg or you ask, ask of Allah alone. And if you need assistance, supplicate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And remember that if the people were together to benefit you, all of the people, where all of them get together in order to benefit you, they will not benefit you except with that which Allah has foreordained or prescribed or written for you. And if all of them were to get together in order to harm you, they will not be able to harm you or to afflict you with anything negative except for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has predestined against you. The pens have been lifted. And the ink has dried. Another narration, Riwaya Ukhra, Ibn Abbas, Imam Ahmed, and others, said, Allah, تعرف على الله في الرخاء يعرفك في الشدة وإذا سألت فاسأل الله وإذا استعنت فاستعن بالله قد جف القلم بما هو كائن فلو أن الخلق كلهم جميعا أرادوا أن ينفعوك بشيء لا لم, لم يقضه الله لم يقدروا عليه وإن أرادوا أن يضروك بشيء لم يكتبه الله عليك لم يقدروا عليه وَاعْلَمْ أَنَّ فِي الصَّبْرِ عَلَى مَا تَكْرَهُ خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا وَأَنَّ النَّصْرَ مَعَ الصَّبْرِ وَأَنَّ الْفَرَجَ مَعَ الْكَرْبِ وَأَنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرًا Translation was collected by Imam Ahmed and others on the authority of Ibn Abbas again. 
He said that, I was writing behind the Prophet Sallallahu this is another narration of the same hadith. He said that the Prophet Sallallahu told him, O oh, young man, shall I not teach you some words of advice that Allah will benefit you with? I said, yes. He said, be mindful of Allah and Allah will protect you. Be mindful of Allah and you will find him in front of you. Meaning you will find him with you. If you ask, then ask Allah alone. And if you seek help, then seek help from Allah alone. And the uh, pen has already dried with that which has been predestined. What is predestined, what was Allah Ta'ala already predestined, is, is going to happen regardless. I know that if all creation were together, together, they were, they were to get together to benefit you with anything that Allah did not decree, they will not be able to. And if they were to get together to harm you, with anything that, uh, that, that, anything that, that Allah did not decree against you, they will not be able to. They will not be able to. And know that there is, there is a lot of good in being patient in the face of what the things that you dislike. And that victory comes with patience, relief with affliction, and hardship with ease. So, dear listeners, is it safe to say this fact alone that you stated in this beautiful hadith, is this fact alone can, can give a, a person the peace of mind, the contentment, and the happiness, and the freedom from all worries and anxiety, knowing that Allah is in control of all affairs? Is it safe to say that? It is 100% safe to say, absolutely. This is a big part of the Muslim creed. Anyone that believes in Allah and believes in the hereafter has to believe in the divine decree. And the divine decree, what makes, what the, the, the divine decree gives the Muslim, the believer, the strength uh, in the face of hardship, knowing that anything that happens is decreed by his Lord and his creator, and the fact that he has a plan that that makes a, a, a true Muslim completely worry-free. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. This is tremendous ni'mah, bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in the light of that, I, mean, I stand in amazement, I stand in amazement, as I said, and wonder, how can a man that is mature, sane, and intelligent entrust a six- or a seven-year-old boy with such a heavy advice? Now, Ibn Abbas may Allah be pleased with him and his father and all the Sahaba they, they uh, uh, he was six to seven years old when this took place when this hadith this incident took place so I, I'm, I stand and I wonder how could the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam entrust him with such a heavy advice uh, so, uh, subhanAllah, uh, and, and the, the other question, sorry, I was answering someone who's wondering if uh, our show is going on. So, give me just one second, I'll, I'll answer this person real quick. He wants to know exactly when our yeah, show yeah, is go going on, so I'll just tell him, just tell him what's going on now. InshaAllah, for those that are joining us, this is Islam for Mankind, we are honored to have with us uh, Sheikh Sazlawi. Uh, all the way from St. Petersburg. Uh, we can be reached at 646 668 
two, three, nine, four. Uh, proceed, uh, proceed, uh, Chef Zakhlaka. So, and the other question is: Does does this six or seven year old boy realize the heaviness of that responsibility? That, does that boy comprehend what is at stake? Because let's face it: take any of our six or seven year old boys nowadays, the ones that you see on a daily basis, uh, either outside or in the stores, or the ones that even run around in our masajid, for example, uh, and you see that they're, they're only interested in playing. Uh, you, you, you try to give them the same words, the same advice, and see what happens. I guarantee you that, they, that you would not like the outcome because they, they will have no clue what you're talking about. So I wonder, does a six- or a seven-year-old like Ibn Abbas understand those heavy words? And I say to you, by Allah, Yes, Ibn Abbas, while he was only six or seven years old, did understand fully what the Prophet ﷺ was saying to him. Otherwise, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, that was given wisdom from his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, would not do so. He would not talk to him and address him that way because he, one of the, the many qualities that our Messenger ﷺ was given is to always address people in a tone and in a way and in, in, uh, in words that they do understand. He will talk to Abu Bakr and Umar in a certain way. He will talk to a Bedouin that comes uh, from the desert in another way. Oh, he always knew how to speak to people in a way that makes them understand what he's talking about. So the question that poses itself, how do we address our children? What do we tell them? What do we teach them? And how do we teach them? What do we equip them with? Do we set them up for the real success? All these questions need, need a good answer. Do we do enough now that, that they are young, that we, our kids are young, so that when one of them is of age uh, uh, and he's all proud of himself and all confident and all, we know how young people get, uh, he, uh, he says, I have my whole life ahead of me and a bright future awaits me. I want to live a good life. Uh, we should ask a young person the question. And the answer of which would give you a good idea, would give you, give you and I a good idea about, about his upbringing, uh, uh, about how this person, this young person was educated, was uh, uh, dealt with, uh, what, what he was equipped with by his, his old parents. Of course, as long as the, 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 uh, the answer is sincere and truthful, they tell you the truth. So you ask them this, the following question, what is your perception of a good life? What is your perception of a good life? If he happens to be from the ones that were raised in this society, in the school systems here, having adopted the mentality uh, that all the mainstream people, the people that, uh, or the non, non-Muslims, etc., having lived uh, away from uh, the masjid, away from any spiritual upbringing, or at best the people, the, the, the kids, like the, the Muslim kids that we see, for example, come to the masjid every now and then, but, uh, uh, but, they, but they see the masjid as a, as a getaway, as a place for them to have fun, and so on and so forth. They will tell you uh, that a good life is to have a good job, uh, to have a nice house, 
and a car and a dog and a lot of money in the bank and so so that uh, I can do anything I want so that I can have as much fun as I want so I can uh, party as much as I want and I can travel anytime I want etc 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 this is the perception you know the majority of people this is their perception of a good life the majority of people not just uh, in this society but all throughout the world except for the ones that Allah bestowed his mercy upon and if you ask the same question to a person that lives in poverty he will say I want the dunya to open its doors for me so, so because I have been deprived and I've been, I'm, I'm tired of being deprived and if you ask the same person, question to a person that is ill he will say a good life is for me to become strong and healthy again etc etc different perspectives you will hear different answers depending on uh, the situation that people are going through what people are what what people are in when it, when it comes to their own situation their social status and so on and so forth but very rarely would you hear the correct answer the answer that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us in the Quran surah an-nahl surah an-nahl uh, uh, surah number uh, 16 and the ayah is 97 أعوذ بأحسن ما كانوا يعملون. A good life in Arabic is حيات طيبة. حيات طيبة. Allah says, whoever does righteous deeds, whether male or female, while he is a believer, we will surely cause him to have حيات طيبة. A good life. We we'll cause him to live a good life. And we will surely give them their reward in the hereafter according to the best of what they used to do subhanallah words from allah that are clear concise but they truly sum up for us what a good life is supposed to be what a hayat tayyibah is supposed to be it is a clear it is clear that if you raise your kids in the house of allah while they given them a good spiritual upbringing you raise them in the obedience of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the kind of life that they will be seeking. The life of a true believer that only looks to please Allah and to obey Him and do righteous deeds. And because of that, Allah will allow him or her to have a good life and to die a good death. And I always say that your death is, all, is, is a reflection of, of your life, of the way that you lived your life. Uh, Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala said لَقَدْ أَجْرَ اللَّهُ عَادَتَهُ بِكَرَمِهِ أَنَّ مَنْ عَاشَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ مَاتَ عَلَيْهِ وَأَنَّ مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ بُعِثَ عَلَيْهِ Ibn Kathir said Allah ta'ala made his habit or his pattern out of generosity from him that whoever lives upon something he will die upon it and whoever dies upon something he will be resurrected upon it so the good life is what Allah ta'ala summed up in, in this ayah Subhanallah. Uh, <coughs> you said something, uh, Brother Rashid? 
No, no, I got disconnected. So, alhamdulillah, the, the, you, uh, I think you, you went uh, fine. You, you were fine. Just somehow I got disconnected. Alhamdulillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Surah Al-Nahl, uh, 17 or 16, and uh, number 32, ayah number 32. Allah says the one whom the angels take in death, being good and pure, the angels will say, peace be upon you, enter paradise for what you used to, to do. Subhanallah. So this is a summary of the good life. Uh, Allah tells us, whoever does good deeds, whether male or female, while well, he's a believer, we will surely cause him to have a good life, and we will surely give him their reward in the hereafter according to the best of what they used to do. Then, Allah Ta'ala says, the ones that the angels take in death, they take their soul. And this is something that uh, most people look at as a very negative thing. Why are we talking about death? It is something inevitable. It is a, a bigger, death is a bigger certainty than life. So I don't know why people try to hide from it. It's something that's going to happen to everyone. So we want it to happen in a good way, on a, on a good note. So Allah says the ones that the angels take, take in death, they take their soul, being good and pure, the angels will say, peace be upon you, enter paradise for what you used to do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make, make us from, from those people. So this is a summary of a good life. This is the end of a good life, uh, if most people only knew. And if a person dies a good death, his resurrection will be good as well. Uh, subhanallah. Yaqulullah Azza wa Jal, Surah Al-Zumar, uh, 39, uh, ayah number 73, uh, Surah 39-73. وَسِيقَ Translation of the meaning But those who feared their Lord Will be driven to Paradise in groups until when they reach it, while its gates have been opened and its keepers say, Peace be upon you, uh, you have become pure, so enter paradise to abide eternally therein. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from them. And whoever is given a good life and a good death and a good resurrection, Allah will give him a good eternal dwelling place. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah At-Tawbah, Surah number 9, Ayah 72, وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَمَسَاكِنَ طَيِّبَةً فِي جَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ وَرِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ 
Translation of Surah Tawbah, Surah number 9, Ayah 72. Allah has promised the believing men and believing women, gardens beneath which rivers flow, wherein they abide eternally. Good life, pure life, uh, good dwelling places, and pleasant dwellings, in gardens of perpetual perpetual residence. But the approval or the pleasure of Allah, Allah, Allah being pleased with them, uh, the, the approval from Allah is greater. It is that which uh, is the great attainment or great achievement, let's say, subhanAllah, the great success. So a life that is tayyibah, good and pure, and a death that is tayyibah, and a resurrection that is tayyibah, and a dwelling place that is tayyibah, meaning good and pure, and all of that starts from what Allah said subhanahu wa ta'ala, Surah Al-Nahl, the ayah that we mentioned uh, earlier, whoever does righteous deeds, whether male or female, while he is a believer, we will surely cause him to live a good life, and we will surely give, give them their reward in the hereafter, according to the best of what they used to do. SubhanAllah. So, our dear listeners, especially if there are any young ones listening from amongst you, do not think for a minute that happiness is living, and, 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 happiness and living a good life uh, uh, is in a massive wealth and owning things and uh, uh, the, you know, having everything that you want and having your way all the time. That's that's a good life. That's a have, that's a happy life. Because I'll give you an example. Have you heard? Imam Saad. Of, of, Sorry. Yes. Imam, Imam Saad. Go ahead. You hear often people say, "Oh, oh, faith is in the heart and this and that," and you don't see them pray and, and you don't see them there. So here in the verse that you recited, it, it talks about you know the faith and the righteous deeds, the good deeds. How would you respond to such people who who, who you know? When you told them come to pray or come do good deeds or give them out of it, you say, oh, you know what? Uh, the belief is in the heart. How, why would you respond to those people? Subhanallah. It's a very, it's a very, very good point, and this is uh, something that many, uh, I will say, I will say, in this situation, so-called Muslims are victims of. Faith is in the heart. Faith by itself is not enough. Saying, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, the testimony of faith, it remains a hollow statement if it's not if it's not followed through by the implications of La ilaha illallah. And the implications of La ilaha illallah are the good deeds, started by uh, the rest of the pillars, the salah and the zakah and the fasting and hajj and all the other things. All the, all the things that, all the implications, all the many, the multitude of things that a Muslim has to do. The, subhanAllah, this is what proves your faith. You prove your faith by your deeds. But if you just say the faith is in the heart and that's good enough, that, that, that doesn't work. That's, that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly in every ayah when he talks about people that believe, people that do tawheed, he talks about doing righteous deeds after that. It always has to be your deeds, your faith has to be proven by your deeds, subhanAllah. So the ones that think that faith in the heart is, that's, and that's good enough, 
uh, they'd better wake up before it's too late because they're in, in dangerous territory. They're putting themselves uh, uh, in danger. And when they, if they come, to, if they die upon this and they come to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on this situation, they're in big trouble. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala forgive us and forgive them. So, if uh, uh, the, for these the people that think that uh, Subhanallah, uh, happiness and good life is in, in having things of this world. I will tell you, have you heard of uh, anyone in history that has amassed more wealth than Qarun? And everyone knows Qarun. He's mentioned in the Quran. And he's mentioned in the Quran for a reason, not just to give us nice stories and to entertain us, but uh, to, to, to let us know something. That SubhanAllah, uh, look at this person. He is the, the beacon, let's say. He is the example of... Uh, of someone that has a lot of wealth, and even it became in our uh, daily conversations, like uh, Brother Rashid, where we come from, they they say Mal Karun, and this guy has the yeah. wealth of Karun, <laughs> Subhanallah, right? Yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, so it became you know, the known that a symbol of wealth is Karun. But look what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says about him. يقول الله عز وجل إِنَّ قَارُونَ كَانَ مِنْ قَوْمِ مُوسَى فَبَغَى عَلَيْهِمْ وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ مَا إِنَّ مَفَاتِحَهُ لَتَنُوءُ بِالْعُصْبَةِ أُولِي الْقُوَّةِ إذ قال له قومه لا تفرح إن الله لا يحب الفرحين. Translation: Allah Subhanahu wa Taala talking about Qarun, this uh, like I said, this person that became the symbol of of wealth, uh, and Allah Taala brought his uh, his story for a reason. This is in Surah Al-Qasas. Uh, Surah number 28 and uh, the ayahs uh, 70, uh, 76, 2876. Karun was undoubtedly of the people of Musa. He was, he was from the tribe of Musa, uh, Moses. And his people, uh, and, uh, he actually, uh, Allah Ta'ala says, he acted insolently towards them. He was, uh, subhanAllah, he was arrogant with them. He mistreated his people. Uh, and Allah says, such were his treasures that we had that we had bestowed upon him, that their very keys would have been a burden to a body of strong men. Behold, his people said to him, Exalt not, for Allah does not love the the one the ones that exalt in riches. And a couple of things here. Uh, well, first of all, Subhanallah, look at the description of the wealth of this man. Uh, the not, the, he, Allah is not talking about the, the different uh, chests that carry uh, his wealth. Allah is talking about chests that carry the keys to this man's treasures and, and wealth. Huh? The, the chests that carry the keys exhaust al-usba. Uh, al-usba in the Arabic language is from nine, nine men and up. So we have nine men and up that are very strong. And they're having trouble carrying the different boxes and chests that carry the keys of the treasures of Qarun. Subhanallah. Okay. 
Just imagine the size uh, of his treasure. Imagine how, you know, the, use, use the, the modern term, his net worth. Imagine what his net worth would be if we were to translate it into, into today's, today's numbers. It would probably be, uh, be scary. It's hard to imagine. But uh, the, the real question that we should ask here is what was he worth in the eyes of Allah? In the eyes of the creator of the heavens and the earth, what was he worth? And the answer comes to us from, uh, from the Quran, from the same surah, from the surah, surah al-Qasas. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <clears throat> goes on to, to talk to us about him and to tell us what happened to him, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, did to him after this man was uh, insolent and arrogant. The same surah. But the ayah is number 81. So 2888. Now, before I translate the ayah, just a little background. I don't, I don't want to go too deep into the the, the story of Qarun because it's not our our subject today but he was so arrogant and he mistreated his people and he refused to give any charity and he started saying that this wealth is because of me because how smart I am and how slick I am and all the skills that I have and so on and so forth he did not attribute the the, the wealth to it, he, the, to his to its rightful originator that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that bestowed that wealth upon him he, did, he actually denied that and said, no, it's all me. It's because, because of the skills that I have and I, because of the, how smart I am and, and all of that, subhanAllah. And on top of that, every day, every time he will come out, displaying his wealth and boasting and showing off to his people. Let Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after all that said, that we cause the earth to swallow him and his house up. Now imagine this. This is, this is Qarun. He's out. Uh, uh, in the streets showing off his wealth with his entourage they're all carrying the different chests of of the the, uh, uh, the wealth that he has huh? uh, in a big uh, like let's say it's a parade okay then all of a sudden Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls the earth to open up huh? like a big sinkhole and he swallows him and everything that he was displaying and Allah says bihi we, we ask, we cause the earth to swallow him and his house up. The, the scholars of Tafsir say that while he was in that display, uh, while he was out boasting and house, uh, uh, parading with, his, with all, his, all his stuff, Allah Ta'ala caused the earth to swallow him where he was, uh, him and his, everything that he has. And also people can see in the horizon, they can see their house, his house, and his house was pretty high. It can be seen from any, anywhere. Allah caused the artist to swallow it as well. So the two places were being swallowed at the same time for everyone to see, subhanAllah. And we yeah, close the chapter of, of, of Qarun. It's not really worth talking about. The Kuffar of Quraysh, the disbelievers of Quraysh, the tribe of the Prophet, وسلم, when he, uh, the ones that opposed him, when he was started uh, trying to teach people about the Tawheed, call uh, worshiping Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala alone without any partners, they have the same mentality. They thought that being honored 
and living a good life is in lineage and social status and wealth and possessions and so on and so forth. And subhanAllah, that's what they thought. So their measure, when, when, they, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, uh, revealed himself and told them that he's the messenger of Allah to bring him out of the darkness of worshipping idols to worshipping the one true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and so on and so forth. They, of course, they didn't believe in him, and their measure uh, was, was all wrong. They, they thought that the measure by which Allah should choose a messenger is, is their own idea of what should be a, an, an honorable person. And Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Al-Zukhruf, uh, uh, the surah, uh, it's uh, in 32, 31 and 32. <laughs> Allah says, and they said, why was this Qur'an not revealed to a man of status in the two towns? See the measure here? Uh, if the Qur'an is going to be revealed to anyone, if anyone becomes a prophet and receives revelation, he should be someone uh, of honor, of status, in, in our opinion, uh, in the way that we see honor and status. Uh, why was this Qur'an not revealed uh, to a man of status in the two towns? And the two towns here is uh, Mecca and Taif. Because the, the the two most affluent towns uh, were the uh, the most nobles in the eyes of the Arabs back then lived in Mecca and Taif. So like why why wasn't this Quran revealed to one of the two one of the great and the noble and the honorable people of the two towns Mecca and Taif? Allah Taala responds and says, do we do they distribute the mercy of your Lord? Huh? Do they control the mercy of your Lord? We distribute Allah. This is we, the plural of majesty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is talking about himself. We distribute among them their livelihood and the life of this world. And we have exalted some of them above others in degrees so that some of them may take others in, in subjugation. And the mercy of your Lord is better than what they amass. So we should never be impressed with the outward... Huh? Uh, appearance. They have a saying here, uh, subhanAllah, all that glitters is not gold. Uh, so we should not be impressed with the outward appearance or the social status or the wealth of people, but we should be pleased with a person's piety and good deeds and closeness to Allah because that's the real reference. This is the real reference. And unfortunately, most people in the world, this is not their reference. The true reference the, uh, the only reference that should be used is not used by the majority of the people in the world today because their reference is fame and for, fortune and, and all of that stuff. Well, this is the reference that we should go by. This is the reference that the prophets and the messengers went by. Uh, but uh, subhanAllah, it's, it's the way of the world today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to have the, the, the right idea and the right reference and the right measure by which we 
we we uh, we uh, we measure or we judge people. That is the real way. This is this is the the the, the real good life. That is the true measure of success in this life and in the hereafter. يقول الله عز وجل قل بفضل الله وبرحمته فبذلك فليفرحوا هو خير مما يجمعون. الله تعالى say الله تعالى said say uh, in the bounty of Allah and His mercy, uh, in, in that let them rejoice. It is better than what they accumulate. So the successful ones are uh, are the ones that rejoice in their iman. They rejoice in the good deeds that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows them to do. They rejoice in, with the recitation of the Quran. They rejoice when Allah gives them the honor to spend for His sake. They rejoice when Allah allows them to help others. They rejoice when Allah gives them the honor of calling someone to his deen, to his, to his religion. They rejoice when others are guided to Allah because of their effort. And that is the true measure. That is what we want uh, uh, our kids especially and, and, and to understand. We want our kids to understand that. And that is what we should be striving for. This is what a true believer should be striving for. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us see things that they, as they truly are uh, and to guide us to the straight path because people don't see things uh, they don't see things uh, as they, they should be seen as they truly are unfortunately nowadays. And this is like I said, the way of the world and it's a part of being a Muslim to try to change that one person at a time. And this is the purpose of, of this show, right Brother Rashid? This is the, the well, main the, the main yeah. purpose of so if we if we are able to change the 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 mind and the view of one person at a time, may uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to do so. If we are able to do that, then we will be happy. So to to go on, we uh, today we we live we live in a in a time of fitna, and trials and tribulations. Uh, we we live in a time where uh, 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 unfortunately there are many fools out there that are running around uh, harming people, uh, disrupt, the, disrupting the life of, of other people, uh, killing people, committing crimes in the name of our, in name of our religion, unfortunately. While our religion, is, Islam, is innocent of this. Anyone that studies Islam, he will realize and understand right away that this is a religion of peace, and it's a religion of tranquility and serenity. And uh, the very name Islam has uh, peace in it. The word salam, it's, a, they, it's the same root word. And as I, I say all the time, it means to surrender uh, uh, and to, uh, ad, to uh, adhere and to uh, submit. Surrender your will to the will of the one that created you. If you do so, you will, uh, you will attain Peace with your creator, you attain peace with yourself, and you attain peace with your surrounding. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, uh, like I said, many fools out there that go, they, they go out uh, and they claim that they are doing things for the, uh, under the flag or, or for the sake of our religion. Uh, uh, and they, of course, they cannot, nothing can be farther from the, from the truth. They have nothing to do with Islam. And that puts 
Muslims, unfortunately, Muslims in America, we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place for many reasons. First of all, we constantly find ourselves having to be on the defensive. And uh, Brother Rashid and I know that really well. We spent, we had countless radio shows when we had to speak about current events and we had to talk about uh, uh, in the wake of problems or situations or similar situations, we had to sit and, and defend, subhanAllah. We constantly have to find ourselves in a position of having to apologize. Well, we have, in essence, we have nothing to apologize about and, and everything to be proud of. And uh, the only guilty ones of, of those crimes are uh, the misguided criminals that don't know anything about Islam. And Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is innocent of them. The other issue that we, that we have to deal with, and then these issues are, are both related, is the fact that we constantly struggle, uh, uh, subhanAllah, in having our kids be balanced and not, uh, not go extreme on either side. And this is very important for any Muslim that is listening out there. Always teach your kids al-wasatiyya the middle course, because we, uh, as Muslims, we are supposed to be a middle course ummah. This, our deen, our, this, is, this religion, and the essence, very essence of this religion is free of extremism. Extremism, has, extremism has, has no place in Islam. The way of life where we are, uh, it's a way of life where we're not supposed to go overboard in anything that we do. Everything that we do as Muslims has to be balanced and middle course. We have, uh, and, and that being said, the, the, the challenge of a Muslim in America is to always have to be, we have to always uh, be uh, uh, protected our kids from living the life uh, of, of non-Muslims while, while Islam, uh, and we, we, we don't want them to fall into this trap, that to, to live a life of non-Muslim and be that their connection to Islam is a name that they carry. And unfortunately, many, uh, many fall in this, this category. And this is actually one extreme. This is also a form of extremism, uh, whether you, uh, you know, believe it or not. It's a form of extremism. And we also have to protect them from being uh, lured and, and, and brainwashed by real extremists that go uh, uh, like those organizations that we hear about in the, uh, in the, in the, in the news that that prey on on people that are uh, uh, that are heedless people that are uh, that have no knowledge and so on and so forth. So that being said, uh, we go back to our first point. We have to have a proper structure in place. The lives of uh, of, of our families have to revolve around the the masjid, the places of worship, just like the very first day. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he made it so that the life of the Sahaba, his companions, revolved around the Basjid. He made the house of Allah uh, the center of their lives. And the only way that we could be successful is by imitating the same concept. You know, the, taking the same successful path that the first great generations of, uh, generation of Islam took. They say, they say in the, the world of business, they say that success leaves traces. So if you want to be successful in business, 
You have to follow the footsteps of a very successful businessman. It's very simple. So we want to be successful in, uh, in the hereafter. So we have to follow the footsteps uh, and the blueprint left behind by those who we know were successful in the hereafter, the prophet, peace be upon him, and the companions, the Sahaba, the ones that, that, uh, that were with him. But could that be, uh, subhanAllah, I mean, it's, uh, this, this, and this is extremely important for us to understand that we have to give a, a structure to our lives. We have to uh, look at the upbringing of our kids. It really saddens me when I'm uh, in the street and I, or in a store and I see, for example, kids that speak to the, the, their parents in a very disrespectful way. And, 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 and the parents, the way they deal with it, as it's, it's a normal thing. It's the, the norm. This is how it's supposed to be. Well, I say, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. If you don't give your kids uh, discipline, if you don't give them uh, uh, I mean, uh, the, the, a proper structure where they have to, to know that they, they, have to, uh, they have to have to respect their elders and respect others and, uh, and not be arrogant and so on and so forth, uh, and not be spoiled like most people spoil their kids today, then you have yourself a problem. You created a problem for yourself, and you created a big problem for society as well. It becomes a burden for society. And as Muslims, we have to teach our kids to be uh, upstanding and productive members of society, not a burden for society. They, you, you want them to be uh, a source of mercy for other people. Eh? Allah Ta'ala says, Kultum khayra ummati. You were the best nation that was brought out to the people. Why? You're enjoying good, you forbid evil, and you believe in Allah. And this is, by the way, uh, going back to your uh, question from earlier, Brother Rashid, you talked about belief and good deeds. This is one of the only times that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talked about good deeds first, before speaking about belief, because as you know, uh, good deeds are not accepted without a belief. If you don't have the true belief, the true creed, then your, your good deeds are you know, null and void. They amount to nothing. But in this particular instance, Allah says, Kuntum khayra ummatin, you were the best nation, brought out the people. Why? Because you, enjoying good, enjoying good meaning that you teach people tawheed, that you call people to worship in one God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. You, you forbid and evil and the biggest... I'm sorry? Also, I'm, I'm also amazed by these people, by their mentality. They say, all faith in the heart, but when it comes to work, they are half an hour early all the time, and they leave for work, and they leave for, for the enjoyment of this life. So if it's, why not to stay... Oh, work is in the heart. So if you don't show up on time for work, <laughs> if you don't do your job, so you don't expect to be paid. Similarly, that's, that's, a, if you that's don't, a very good point. <laughs> if you, <laughs> you have to believe. Believe in work, then do the work to get paid. Similarly, have to we believe. have to, to believe in work at the same time. You just have oh. to believe you'll, be, you'll get paid. 
<laughs> when your boss calls you and says, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, he didn't show say, up for you know. it didn't it didn't show up for work today," says, "Well, it's all in the heart, brother. It's all in the heart." <laughs> Subhanallah, it's it's a good point. Uh, yeah, yeah. When it comes to work and things like the things of the world, oh, they're the first ones to, to be there. But when it comes to the real work, the work that will qualify you for a good life, eternal life in the hereafter, they say, well, it's all in the heart. Uh, it's uh, unfortunately that's that's the way it is today. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wake us up from from any heedlessness, and may Allah Taala allow us to uh, uh, to uh, make the the right decisions and. Look at the things uh, and the way they, they are and the way they're supposed to be. Uh, and then I, I will open the floor if you have a if you have a couple of questions, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I would just say, you know, what this is a beautiful topic that you've chosen. It's a beautiful way of dealing with it. People need to know because if you watch TV or anything like that, they just like depress people with the news, fake news or, or propaganda. And then they give them uh, drugs and things like that to deal with it. But you know, when we when we uh, you know when we equip ourselves with the proper knowledge, as uh, what Imam said, us. So it gives us you know a way of dealing with things and a way of of you know looking at outlook and outlook of life that is proper. Allah has created the entire creation. Uh, Allah made the humans and animals, the earth and the mountains, and the ocean and the rivers, the plants and forests, the sun and the moon, the galaxies and the earth and day night. He's the one who created us. He's the one who knows our inner thoughts. He's the one who gives us this instruction. And it is foolish not to follow this instruction from the manual, from the creator of the heavens and the earth, to follow the Quran and the sunnah of our beloved Prophet Muhammad I think the show came to a close we thank Sheikh Tatlawi for doing a beautiful job and for taking all his time inshallah in the future he, he, he promised us inshallah that he will continue uh, time permit to, to do the, the, the Spanish translation inshallah we will I know it's difficult if you uh, one man show to, to do it by himself and to do the translation. So you're you trying to put me on the spot there, huh? <laughs> You've done it in class, inshallah. So very we, nice, very we, nice. We have, <laughs> because we have, in this our weekly radio, we have a lot of Spanish-speaking audience, inshallah. We don't want to uh, give them their rights as well. So alhamdulillah. So, uh, inshallah, we'll, uh, we thank our audience and we thank Imam uh, Sadzlawi. Uh, and we, uh, inshallah, the next week, inshallah, the same time, right? Correct, inshallah. What's the, next, what's the topic for next week? Uh? <laughs> Too early to say. I'll take the phone, inshallah. <laughs> inshallah, we will announce it on time, inshallah. Inshallah. So, by advice, and I always like to advise myself first, because all of us are in need of advice, is that uh, when for for uh, for our dear listeners to really contemplate and ponder upon these words that I said, and uh, change your outlook, to change the way that you look at the life of this world. Because it is only a bridge that we're crossing. 
and we cross in it very quickly to get to the other side and uh, let us work hard to in order to be pleased what we find on the other side when we when we cross when we cross the bridge and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the ones that will be pleased when when they cross on the other side and they they find themselves in in the hereafter may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the people of al jannah aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum jazakumullah khair assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh